on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, July 10th. LA Galaxy 3-1 winners over Philadelphia. Don't call it a winning streak, but it is indeed LA Galaxy looking pretty sharp here in the last, oh, let's say seven games. Now climbing up just three points out of a playoff spot. We're going to talk about the game, going to talk about where the Galaxy are, going to talk about the main players, Ricky Pooj, Douglas Costa, Tyler Boyd, maybe some Caligari in there as well. But some big things coming for the LA Galaxy and a chance to close out before League's Cup starts against Vancouver coming up this weekend. A lot to get to, a lot to talk about. We're happy to have him back and joining us. He's in the corner of the Galaxy Studios, way north, 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 northern California. Uh, Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, buddy? It's not that far north. Sacramento's not that far. I mean, it's it feels. I mean, if you were on the East Coast, you'd be four states away. I mean, let's let's be clear. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and if you ever get a chance to come to Sacramento, don't. Um, actually, that's probably not fair. Um, that's because I've seen. I like Sacramento like that much. The 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 California State Railroad Museum is in Sacramento, and uh, one I've been visiting that my entire life. It's always worth the price of admission. So. Well, see, I didn't know that. I'm over by the Cal Expo. I'm in a town place suite. So I'm over by the, the, the Cal Expo. Don't, don't I, tell people where you, where you are. We have listeners uh, up there. They'll come out there and, and start banging right. on your door. We're like, we want we want Baxter. Well, I won't say what room I'm in. But I, I came up here for the, the Homeless World Cup soccer tournament, which is a lot cooler than I thought it would be. It, um, it, obviously, in, it, there's like 40 international teams, and the, the players on the team must – be homeless currently or have been homeless at some point in the last in the last two years uh, and the, the tournament is they play on a field about the pitch about the size of a basketball court it's four on four one goalie and three field players um the action is really fast the players are pretty good they have blue cards which i found interesting blue cards are if you if there's an infraction that like denmark man those guys are chippy denmark played poland today it was a really chippy game mm, okay and a, a, a danish player got a blue card and a blue card is your team has to be – you are expelled from the game. You cannot come back in. You have to um, leave your team shorthanded for two minutes. There's 10-minute halves, so two minutes is a lot. And uh, then then your team can replace you, but you cannot come back into the game at any point. Right. So blue cards are interesting. But what I was going to say about – like maybe it's unfair for me to, to make this – judgment about sacramento but this happens all the time when i go on the road you know we, we work so much all we really see is the venue and in, in, in this case cal state sacramento and the hotel room and so people say well how was how was madrid how was memphis how was nashville i i don't the hotel if you have a great hotel the city is amazing if you have a bad hotel the city sucks and it has nothing to do with the city just so, so, the so sacramento sucks because you're in a crap hotel right now we were already worried yeah. about the wi-fi when we started so maybe yeah if i was in a nice hotel i'd be going man this place is awesome right right well you're getting ready to travel too because you have women's world cup right you're you're off to uh, the land down under yeah well not that another land down uh, right under. The, the, the land down under that's next door yeah, we started okay. in Auckland. I was hanging out with my with my new buds, Alex Morgan, Alyssa Thompson, right. Pino P. We call her P. Uh, right, Pino. Uh, this weekend, and yeah, I will be. They're already down there waiting for me. I will rejoin them uh, on over the weekend and hoping for a good hotel room. I actually called the hotel where I am and right. said, "Hey, I'm there for thirty nights. Upgrade sure would be nice. If you want me to to say Auckland's a good city, 
You might want to not, might not like Sacramento. Did you see what I did to Sacramento? <laughs> you know, you don't you don't want to be Sacramento. I want to send them this 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 recording. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, very good. Well, glad you're uh, you're traveling. You're safe. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the L.A. Galaxy. Kevin, if I would have told you just, oh, let's say a month ago that the L.A. Galaxy would be just three points from a playoff position, you would have said I was crazy because the Galaxy couldn't score. The Galaxy couldn't win. The Galaxy couldn't do much of anything um, except look look be- look really good in spurts, but then somehow always lose the game. Um, and I, I don't want to be one of those people, and it's certainly not you, Kevin, I think, I think you're, but certainly in the chat room and other people, don't want to be one of those people who said, I told you so, but I told you so. Um, I told you this team was better than now. They've been, even if this is the only streak they go on and it's all downhill from here, I've had this one streak. We've seen how they can play. Uh, Kevin, they've annihilated the last three teams they've played in terms of possession and passing and looking sharper and looking better. And that's San Jose, which is a pretty good team. LAFC, which is a shadow of itself right now, but still a good team with a lot of weapons, right? And then Philadelphia, which is a good team, again, sort of suffering through a little bit of what everybody else is, tired injuries, uh, international absences. The Galaxy seem to have uh, have been have now been winning by subtraction almost. They lose Caceres, they lose Chicharito, and all of a sudden now they start winning. What's what what what's the key here? Well, you know, you didn't even mention they built they beat the last two MLS or the last year's MLS Cup finalists back to back. You know, in in LAFC and Philadelphia, that's pretty impressive. I don't know the last time a team has done that. Um, but I, I'm still I'm not a I told you so guy. I am a I thought this team was better than it was playing, and I. And I've, I've said a million times that if they get into the playoffs, they can make a run because we can, you know, they just went seven games un, un, unbeaten. Um, so the team is good, but I'm still kind of that glass half full, glass half empty guy. Yes, they're three points out of a playoff, berth, but they're still 13th in a 14 team conference. Um, yes, they can go into playoff position on points mm-hmm. this weekend. It, they're, be, they're it's going, going to be tough, by the way. I know everybody's sort of going to write that a little. It would be tough. You'd have to have people above you lose, which happened last week. Right. Right. But you'd have to have people above you lose and everybody basically stay the exact spot that they are. And you, then you'd have to beat Vancouver to jump over top of them. Well, yeah, but still they wouldn't be in a playoff position because their goal differential. It's minus 10. It's, tor- it's horrible. One of the worst in the leagues. But on points, they could be there. So you say, okay, well, that's really good. But then you look back and they're 13th in a 14-team conference. They're going to play Vancouver on the road. Right. Galaxy won 5-5 five and five on the road. Vancouver 5-2-4 and four at home. So it, it becomes tough. The other thing is, is we talked a lot early in the season, ninth place is where you have to get, to, get in the playoffs. That is correct. Over the last uh, three or four regular seasons without COVID, you know, 34-game season, to get to ninth place, the average was 42 points to get to ninth. The Galaxy would have to average 1.54 points a game over the rest of the season to get to nine. The last time they got that many points, excuse me, 1.5, yeah, 1.54. The last time they did that in a, in a full season, right. not just in, in 12 games, was 2014. So, you know, it, it's 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 going to be tough to get there. The, the one question I have, though, is the seven-game unbeaten streak. Mm-hmm. That started... And they did lose one game in U.S. Open Cup, and, and they played their starters. Right. So, but it didn't count in the standing, so we can ignore that. Um, it started the the weekday that Chris Klein was fired. Correct. Do you really think that has anything to do with yes. it? Yes. Chris Klein didn't play. Yes. But I do think it took a lot of weight and distraction away from the players. I was talking to a former player. Um, I know. I know who it is. I know who it is too. Uh, and I was discussing the situation at the exact time, like that weekend that the galaxy lost to Charlotte, right? Cause that was, that was sort of it, right? It was right around there. Uh, my daughter came to the game. That's how I remember the, the whole Charlotte game and, and all that fun stuff. So, um, that was, that was right in that zone, um, that I remember. And I remember running into a, a former player and we were having a discussion and I said, am I crazy to think that if they get, if they, they move on from Klein, Chris, um, and, and he goes away that this team plays better, like immediately, like it at least helps, right? Because you don't have to worry about the fans. You don't have to worry about Chris Klein who at, up to every player that I've talked to current player, ex player, anybody else really likes Chris Klein as a person really does. Right. And the whole so do I. Yeah. So, so do I, I. So do I. And, and I keep saying that people think I'm crazy. He is a very nice man. If I saw him today, I would go up and shake his hand and say hello and and the whole deal and I would expect that he would be kind and, and return to me of course I'm somebody who's been calling for him to be fired since 2017 but I think he understands that's part of my job right but he's still a very nice guy 
Um, I said, am I crazy to think that if you did that, that that all of a sudden this team will probably play a little bit better? Like maybe it doesn't fix everything, but it, it fixes some things. He goes, no, absolutely. It'll fix some things like there's too much pressure. And I talked about it and people thought I was crazy. There was too much pressure on the galaxy. You're putting them in positions they're not accustomed to. You're putting Greg Vanny in a position he's not accustomed to, which is having to make all these moves in this first transfer window and not really understanding what the second transfer is going to like sort of hold because you're you're limited. The cheating scandal absolutely did that. So that put pressure on the galaxy. Then you had this whole Chris Klein linking the results to his, you know, longevity with the club and say I'm going to I'll I'll step down if you guys don't make the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if if you don't make it advance in the playoffs, whatever the the language was, right? The whole deal. And then it's like the galaxy are like, "Well, we better you know we like chris we need to play hard we need to we need to get out there and do this for chris and even if you're there but then the added pressure of the boycott going on and the players were uncomfortable talking about it every time we asked them about it and you understood why because they're in a lose-lose situation and you had vanny out there who was, had to toe the company line which is you know we're just not listening to that noise listen they want the noise they want the support they want the people and the people were missing and it, you knew when you went into the atmosphere at home it wasn't a home game Right. It wasn't it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like you were getting the support, the stadium, the everything was down, Kevin. So all of these things add more weight and uh, and pressure on top of players. And you if we've seen anything in the last seven games, you don't want pressure. You don't want weight. You want free flowing like I'm playing like I'm a little kid out there in the schoolyard having a great time. I'm smiling from Douglas Costa has a smile from ear to ear out there. Who, the, by the way, Eric and I have done. We've changed his name. It's Doug. This is Doug Costa. Douglas Costa was not a very good soccer player, but Doug Costa, this Doug guy, he can play. So how about Dougie? Yeah, Dougie. Dougie. Yeah, a little Dougie. However, however you want to go. But this is not Douglas. This is a different guy who's out there right now. Um, but you look at what this team is capable of doing. Uh, they took one of the better midfields in Philadelphia and made them look like they were standing in cement. Um, they were traffic cones. And as much as Ricky Pouge had a target on his back against LAFC and LAFC was all talking smack about how they were going to come out and get him and that there was payback time for his Jersey stuff. It, it must be really embarrassing to, to talk that way and then watch this guy just tear you apart for 90 minutes. And the same thing happened to Philadelphia. The first five minutes, all they could do was swipe at Ricky's ankles and swipe and try to be physical with him. And it's like, it doesn't work guys. He, everybody tries that and everybody. And when he's feeling it, there's, there's no way you're going to touch him. There's no way you're going to do anything to him. There was a, uh, there was a breakdown of the video of the first goal that the Galaxy scored, the Tyler Boyd goal that, that uh, the ball came through, uh, eventually found uh, Ricky Pouge and how he takes off. And they were trying to show this, and they were showing the tactical mistakes that Philadelphia made where there was no pressure and how Douglas Costa was able to get the ball and stop and turn and pass and stop and turn and pass. And there was too much space and all this stuff. And somebody goes, how, do, how doesn't somebody not put just a defensive midfielder just covering Ricky Pouge wherever he goes? Just man mark him wherever he goes, wherever he goes. I'm like, because one person will not stop Ricky Pouge. Right. How many times do we see him, Kevin, get in between three players and be like, no, I'm out of here. See you later. And he's gone. Right. So um, it was just it was just a lot of fun to sort of see just how good he could be. And I think that you look at what they've done and over the last seven games and Ricky's been a huge part of that. Doug, Doug or Dougie uh, Costa has been out there uh, kill, killing it. Um, Tyler Boyd has been on another level and they've needed it because, as we said, Kevin, no Chicharito, no Caceres, kneels off with international duty. Zavaleta gets hurt on international duty. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the season should have been over when Caceres went down and they only had one center back. But that hasn't been the case. And this Galaxy team is just is on cruise control right now. Well, you know, all, all the things you, you, you mentioned are true. But as with, we found out last summer, as Ricky Pouge goes, so goes the Galaxy. Remember, when he came, that's when they started that that incredible streak at the end of the season that got them into the playoffs. He, I don't want to say he was MIA at the beginning of the season, right. but he wasn't playing like he did at the end of last year. The beginning of the season, it's a little out of sorts. I don't know what the deal was. I don't think the Chris Klein thing was particularly weighing on, on Ricky, but he just wasn't the same player. Now, guess what? He scored in consecutive games. Galaxy won both. He He's second on the team with three goals. Tyler Boyd, the only player with more, is four. He he's, leads the team in assists or tied for the team lead. He has six. Guess who else has six assists? Dougie Costa. That, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it, and I'm beginning to wonder, is the Galaxy under Greg Vanny this kind of like a, a streaky team that will get to the, you know, the, its fate will be determined right. by what happens in the summer and late summer. And I say that because last, last year was that streak that started in August, 
July and August where Bergman and, and Puy, uh, Puj and, and Caceres came in and then they took off. The summer before that, it was that, remember at the end of the season was that long losing streak mm -hmm. and they missed the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And now again, we're in a situation where they look terrible. They flip a switch. It's a totally different team. Uh, why can't they put that together for 34 teams or uh, 34 games or at least be within you know, a standard deviation or two of where they normally are. It just seems like they're either terrible or they're really great. And it goes on for, you know, 10 or 12 games. I, I will tell you in the, uh, in the Greg Vanny era right now, uh, the last three years, this is the longest unbeaten streak. The LA galaxy have had with seven games unbeaten. It was six last year. It was four and 21 when he first started. Uh, but the winning streak, Kevin, only two, two and 21, two and 22, two and 23 right now with a chance to make it three against Vancouver. Right? So, you know, as much as a streaky and we look at how they did down the stretch last year. Right. And that was that was a stretch, you know, two, three games of wins um, and then a loss and then two or three games of wins and then maybe a draw and those different times of things. So um, I don't know if they're streaky, but I, but I will say that I think Vanny not only gets to jump up and down and say, I told you so to everybody as well, which is sort of like, yeah. I don't know. I, sometimes I think I'm too close to it to, to really pay attention to it. But Vanny is trying to teach these guys and his system is trying to teach them how to manage all aspects of every minute of every game. Right. Every situation is known. Every movement is understood and thought of. And if you watch the L.A. Galaxy play right now, they all know where each other is. There's so many passes, Kevin, that just get sent into square spaces like everybody's going one direction and there's a cutback pass that sort of goes back in another direction. And you're like, well, nobody's going to be there, but there's somebody, there's somebody there. There's always somebody there. The, they understand each other's positioning. The spacing is perfect. The fact that they're playing more direct on the counter, or at least I think Tyler Boyd finally being able to run downhill and get open out on the wing and then putting the crosses in where they're supposed to be going. All of these things seem to have contributed to the LA galaxy looking like, one of the best teams in major league soccer and over the last you know seven games they're one of the better teams in major league soccer so well it, when you talk about the two wins i think what's this streak and then the two wins again over the mls cup finalists from last season you know look back to the san jose game they gave up two leads in that game and, mm -hmm. and wound up with a draw and they didn't score in, in colorado against the worst team in the conference and the game against uh um sporting kansas city they gave up a goal in stoppage times for a tie so they were playing better, but they couldn't get over that hump. They couldn't even get a goal in Colorado. They couldn't hold the lead twice against San Jose. They couldn't close out the game against Sporting Kansas City. Now they're doing that. I mean, again, it's another step forward. It was the the draws were great because they weren't losing for a, a chance, you know, for a change. Right now, they're now they're not only uh, not losing; they're winning and they're beating good teams and they're closing out games. Um, it, it, it's hard to put a finger on exactly why that is, right? But um, like you said, they are one of the best teams now, and this is the kind of team we expect them to be. And if they're this kind of team in the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, how can you say they're not a they're, they're not a contender if they're playing this way in the playoffs? It's you know, you, you can do all the math that you want to do, Kevin, which would which would indicate which I, which which, I, which you have which right and and the one point five four get points per game and everything in order to get to a certain point total. Just go look at where they are at. All right. Go look at where they are only three points away from a playoff spot. I don't care what your math says. Right. Depending on what results come and what happens, are all the teams going to average one point five, four points per game that are right next to them the whole time? Your math doesn't add up right now because the Galaxy are within one win. And realistically, when you think about it, possibly two wins, really, because you're going to need results to go your way. And last weekend, all the results went the Galaxy's way. And that, and that goal differential is huge. It is. Not, it is. But, gotta come down. But, but at the same time, if they keep winning, it'll get it'll come down. I mean, you can sort of see it. They're tied right now, I think, um, with uh, is it with Colorado? It's not with Colorado, with Portland. Uh, on the Colorado uh, is actually worse. Yeah, I know. I think they're I know. minus 14. Um, that's the Western Conference. Here we go. Uh, the LA Galaxy are tied with Portland on 1.05 points per game. Same number, but the goal difference is the big difference that, that is there, um, which is funny because uh, they both so scored the same amount of goals. It's just that uh, Portland has given up two goals less, right? The whole deal. Um, you know, you look at Kansas City, who was playing really well. I mean, Kansas City had a lead and then got uh, had a late goal that drew um, against Houston, and that kept them from jumping up away from the LA Galaxy. Vancouver lost in stoppage time to Seattle. That kept them from jumping up and away from the Galaxy. So all of these things, the results really went the Galaxy's way. 
you can't expect that next week. So even if the Galaxy get, you know, a win over Vancouver, you can't expect that Kansas City is going to stay where they're at or Minnesota is going to stay where they're at or Portland's not going to stay where they're at, right? So you have to expect that those things are going to change. So realistically, say the Galaxy are two to three wins away from being in a playoff spot because you have to take into account some other things that are going on right now in the next three games, the Galaxy are right there. They're knocking on the door. They are, they are very close to being in a playoff spot. And the Western Conference is so bad sort of in the middle where it's all muddled together that I don't know that the, the, the point total that we once thought would 45 points, I think, is, is where we're at. I don't know that that point total holds up to this year. And we said that last year, and I think it came right down to basically right on the, on the number. But I, again, this seems like this is a different year when it goes. Let me get to some, uh, some uh, super chats real quick because I want to make sure. Uh, Philip uh, gave a $2 super chat, says, I told you so. Well, Philip, you and I both. Uh, and then Sol says, uh, saw a group called Hermanos Unidos in the stand. Uh, 120. They uh, they really know how to get the crowd going and got a win. And we got a win also. G's up, excited for the next game. So there you go. Thank you for the five dollar super chat. Certainly appreciate that. Uh, we have a super chat from Chris, uh, and I quote Kevin Baxter from a few episodes ago: "Galaxy were undefeated in June and could be winless in July." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And and, and you, Chris, you're right. Ten dollar super chat. Absolutely. I mean, that's when it all goes uh, goes sort of cl- crazy. Uh, and then Philip another two dollar super chat when the when they play the ball out of the back. Ah, yeah. I mean, the Galaxy. So, it, it is all those things. So yes. So who was the guy giving me the? the uh, that's uh, Chris. Chris said that. Well, it, Chris is absolutely right to call me on that, but I want to know. I want to go back in time and ask Chris when he looked at the schedule and saw LAFC <laughs> in Philadelphia uh, and the, San Jose. Schedule, whether he uh, whether he thought the Galaxy were going to win both of those games. Hey, we, we can um, we can do this right now, real quick. Um, right now, July is their statistically best month out of all of the months. Not surprising. Uh, only one other month had two wins. That was May, but May had six games and they had four losses in that as well. So two wins, four losses. They averaged one point per game out of that one right now in July through three games they're averaging 2.33 points per game which is above your 1.54 I would just like to say. And you know what else yes it is and you know what else I think this is the first time the Galaxy have had a full week between games since mid-June um, which is great I mean they're, they're going into League's Cup and that's going to kind of mess that up. Van, I, I, Vanny mentioned that by the, the way. Rest. Vanny mentioned he goes and then we have League's Cup he goes which I don't know if it's coming at the right time for us or not but you know it's sort of like well, we have all this but, momentum and then we're going to have to break. Well, Let's go back to that conversation from last week because you and I disagreed about that. But Vanny mentioned the momentum. I think this League's Cup does come at a bad time. Yeah. Why? Because the Galaxy are beat up. They could really use some rest. So on one hand, I still think it might be in the back of someone's mind to say, hey, let's just listen to really not take this League Cup too seriously. Let's play our two games and get out of here or three games, maybe losing the first knockout game. Let's get out of here and let's rest up. But then on the other hand, for the first time, you've got momentum, real momentum, yeah. serious momentum. Yep. Um, regardless of what happens in the Vancouver game, that momentum will carry through that. Do you want to go into League's Cup, lose two games, and then sit out three weeks and 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 sit out on two losses, thinking about two losses if they lose Vancouver? Maybe now it's a three-game losing streak, and you take that into this little break if you want that. I mean, I, I don't know how you approach that. You don't want to play your starters 90 minutes because the Galaxy are not deep with all the injuries. Right. But on the other hand – you don't want to squander that momentum because winning, I don't care who you play winning, you know, feeds winning. It, it, it's contagious. I, I don't think people will want to not play though, because it's a, it could be in a really long time off. Even if you just play three games, you're going to have some weeks off, right? Um, because they end up having to play into, into the next couple of weeks in order to play out the rest of the tournament. So that's not something. And I also think there's an international break in there as well uh, in, in August. It's a, no, September. Oh, September. Okay, September. so it's September yeah. coming up. Uh, $5 super chat from Mr. Provino. Uh, Matt, appreciate it. Uh, with League's Cup coming up and the multiple CCL, uh, and the multiple CCL games. Uh, what is the financial incentive to playing in in the CONCACAF Champions League? Is it worth it? So like you look at the CCL stuff, right? And your spot of possibly playing in the CCL. But now with League's Cup in there, does League's Cup sort of diminish what the CCL is? Even though uh, I think the United States is going to host the Club World Cup coming up here pretty soon. So eventually there could be an MLS team playing in the Club World Cup on home soil, which would be something new and interesting. So CCL versus League's Cup. Is there still an incentive to be in CCL? Yeah, there is, but it, it, it really doesn't kick in unless you get to the final. That's where our, the real money is. It's not like, you know, in the Champions League and, uh, um, you know, in Europe, there's a reason that you want to be there. There's the money starts at the beginning stages in the group stages here. I don't think the money, the real money doesn't kick in until you get to the final. Um, 
the financial, in my mind, the financial incentives just aren't there. And then we'll have to see what happens with League's Cup. But you think an MLS team is going to be getting a lot of uh, uh, um, prestige from winning League's Cup, something that people don't even know what it is, I, I think, don't understand it? I think it's going to be bigger than you think it is. I, yeah, well, I really we'll do. see it. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I know that that MLS has delayed Messi's debut to make sure that his first game is against Cruz Azul in the League's Cup opener because they're not getting uh, they're not getting a whole lot of attention on this. You know, the, the television networks in Mexico they all said they're not going to carry the games. Right. So right. you can get it on Apple TV down there, but Televisa, TV Azteca, they all said we're not interested. And none of the games are being played in Mexico, and that's another thing. It's a competitive tournament, and you know the the, the teams from Liga MX are saying. We don't have any home games. How is that really a fair competitive tournament? I don't know. I know why ask, they're ask I know the why Mexican national it. team why they don't play any team any games well, in Mexico. Yeah, but those but they play their their competitive games. I mean, you know, World Cup qualifiers and those things. They play those. Down there. I mean, I understand the reason. There's a huge, huge financial incentive right. uh, to play the games here. But again, if it's a competitive tournament, and oh my God, this is showing how equal our teams are. But you guys don't get any home games. That's kind of weird. Well, Canada doesn't get any home games either, mostly because they're a lesser country, I believe. That's why. Uh, unlike Mexico, who who in a soccer tournament is 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 a very big country, and you would think that would host some games. Maybe that maybe that changes eventually. But those that Canadian national team, scrappy, scrappy indeed. Uh, after Jay, the game, Jay, in the tunnel, you know, in, yeah. in between the halftime and after the game, yeah, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, by the way, Jalen Neal starting uh, got got subbed in the second half. Probably the roughest game I think that Neal's had against Canada. Um, but not by no means like a huge like speed bump or road bump for him. That's all learning for him. So you you just want him to be able to learn from all that stuff. So uh, the Galaxy don't get him was was close there for a penalty shootout. Thought Jalen Neal might be back for the Vancouver game. I was like, oh, Jalen Neal might be coming. Then it went to p- penalty kicks, and I was like, okay, never, no, no, well, never mind. You're you're dumping on Jalen Neal, and let's keep in in mind that uh, it was one to nothing. Well, it was scoreless when Jalen Neal came out, and Canada scored its only two goals with Jalen Neal on the bench. Very very accurate and very fair of you to say. I agree a hundred percent. Um, so anyway, yes, uh, it'll be it'll be fun. I think League's Cup is going to be interesting. All right, let's get a little bit more and in, in depth here. Uh, let's get you through. I know, let's see, 28 minutes. Let's talk about the tar- starting lineup for the, uh, the LA Galaxy. Uh, very much expected. Tyler Boyd, Preston Judd, Douglas Costa, uh, Ricky Poos, Gaston Brugman, Mark Delgado on the midfield, Raheem Edwards on the left, Chris Mavinga, Kelvin Leardam. Uh, Kelvin Leardam, just absolute monster out there. Uh, Caligari, again, most underrated player on the LA Galaxy. And then Jonathan Klinsman, Jonathan Bond, still not back. Uh, very well could be back against Vancouver is, is a good guess because it, it seems like it was just a collision and sort of like a, a contusion of some of the thigh. Um, so we're, we're sort of expecting that he could find his way back. Jonathan Klinsman, I thought, did a fine job of of, of playing on the night and and uh, it always does, I think, a fine job of sort of coming in and uh, and making some some good things. Now, one of the things is going on here, Kevin. Maybe some guys were tired earlier in this year, and particularly maybe they were tired because they were having a lot of extracurricular activities. Um, and I'll, I'll keep it G with that, or PG at least in the, in the very much, but both Tyler Boyd and Jonathan Bond expecting babies now. Um, so there's, you know, there's on-field work and there's off-field work, and sometimes that off-field work can be, can be a little draining on the legs, be a little tired whenever you show up for your on-field work, but congratulations to both those guys. Tyler Boyd doing the baby celebration. Jonathan Bond uh, had a little baby Bondy shirt. Uh, I think they did it on the the official signing table with the backdrop back behind him as well uh, to sort of announce that uh, he was having a little baby as well. So um, just uh, just a lot. There's some. The, the good news is both U.S. men's national team or U.S. women's national team uh, available upon birth, right? I mean, that's good news. We're getting we're, there's some there's some quality athletes being uh, being born here. Um, so that's a that's a good news. But also maybe it ties into the whole the galaxy are having fun. They're playing free. They're they're playing as Ricky Push said after the LAFC game, playing like I'm a little kid out there. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but the Galaxy scoring first in this game, right, and being able to come out there and sort of pin Philadelphia back rather early uh, in this game. And by the way, undefeated since 2013 against Philadelphia. 2013, the uh, the Galaxy had some fun with some posts there showing what was still going on in 2013 whenever the the streak had started. But Philadelphia uh, not has not played uh, well against the LA Galaxy for for most of its life uh, coming into the league. So really interesting stuff there. Just the goals, Kevin. I, I, I'm not sure about that theory. I, I, you know, 
Crash Davis told Nuke Lelouch that if he got I, involved in any shagging, that it would uh, hurt his game. I, so. that's, that's, that's what I heard, yeah. Well, you, well, one is you don't mess with the streak, right? You don't mess with that's the streak. True. We all know that. The Galaxy are on a streak right now. They're all wearing the same underwear. They're not going to change their shoes. Everything is staying exactly the same because you don't mess with the streak um, going on. So, yeah, I mean, I just... Did, th- did I tell you, uh, when I covered the Florida Panthers, they, they were on a terrible losing streak. Okay. If somebody decided just to break it up, they would play... And after a practice, they played Genie in a Bottle. And it was the most ridiculous song to hear in a hockey dressing room. Right. Well, they they won that night. Right. And they went on a long, long, long winning streak. Right. And they played Genie in a Bottle every day after every morning skate, after every game, Genie in a Bottle. It got to be so bad. I, I, I'm so convinced they went out and lost the game on purpose. So they didn't have Just to listen to, to it. stop it, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there... It, there's these things that happen in sports and I'm always, I'm always a big believer. If you believe it to be true, it is true, right? So if you believe in the streak and the streak is happening for certain reasons, then the streak is happening for certain reasons. Um, and I think the LA galaxy are buying into that because anytime you talk to them, they talk about the streak. Anytime you, you mention it, they talk about the, you know, we know we're undefeated in this many games. We know we have now we've won two games in a row. We know all of that. And we are doing our best to continue that and keep that going. One of the reasons why maybe leagues cup is sort of, you know, more important than you think it's going to be because they just want to keep the momentum going. They want to keep playing. They want to keep scoring goals and they want to keep building. And they've really done it shorthanded when you look at it. I mean, we talked about Preston Judd getting the start in this. He should get the start. Um, I thought he had some okay runs, some okay movement, the whole deal. But the bottom line is all those goals are coming from the midfield. The strikers aren't scoring goals, right? Jovalich came in in about the 65th minute or something like that, right around and the got an assist. He got an assist when he came in. Yeah, he did, but he also um, he also could have scored two goals, right? And Vanny was like, we were really trying to get him like rolling on those. And the fact that he almost got, he missed, he got one. It was, he had both of them that were saved by, uh, by Joe Bendick. And uh, it was great to see Vanny's reaction. The Galaxy are up 2-1 at this point. Um, and to see Vanny's reaction on the sideline when they was almost going, he's he's pulling for him as hard as anybody is uh, in order to get those goals. And I think all the guys were sort of uh, playing that particular way. But Tyler Boyd scores. Tyler Boyd has been scoring, Kevin. All of a sudden, Tyler... And, and I think maybe I predicted it. I said Tyler Boyd is going to be everybody's favorite player once he starts scoring goals. Um, you know, he scored against LAFC in every game that he's played against LAFC. So that helps. Uh, and then he has one against RSL and now one against Philadelphia. One of the Open Leads Cup the games. Team. Yeah. Leads the team with four. Right. That was, I talked and, about five goals there, but one was an open cup game. So, yeah. And, and, yeah. And the interesting thing is, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to it, you know, that winning changes everything. Do you remember about a month and a half, I mean, two months ago, uh, we're talking about, oh, you know, Casares lost concentration, got the red card. Uh, Douglas cost Dougie. Did, well, Douglas cost. Yeah, that was Douglas. Yeah. Dougie. Yeah, Dougie really wants to be so, here. So somebody, be somebody here. in the chat room, by the way, has said Doug Costa is the one who doesn't owe any money in Brazil uh, for that case. <laughs> Douglas Costa oh, yeah. is the one who owes the money. So yeah, he's gonna wink when he comes through customs over there. That's but right. uh, we don't, you know, we talked about, uh, or I talked about Jovalich when he left the field, tried to go into the dressing room mm-hmm. without coming to the bench after he subbed out, and we talked about, oh my God, you know, the the dressing room is terrible, the locker room is terrible. These guys aren't on the same page. They're not having fun. You don't hear any talk about that anymore. Uh, the players aren't doing that. I mean, we're not talking about because the players aren't doing it, but the fact is, just uh, everything's lightened up around them a little bit. Uh, Ricky Pouge is a force of nature and is starting to show sort of his MVP stylings, right? And there were chances of MVP, especially after the rocket that he scored there to put the LA Galaxy up three to one. Uh, his passing led to the first goal. Uh, the second goal was an own goal. That's a Douglas Costa is dangerous on corner kicks, and he keeps trying the Olympico. Doug. Yeah, Doug, Doug. Sorry, Doug. Doug Costa keeps trying the Olympico over there. Uh, and Doug is very good at the Olympico, and this one went off of somebody's butt um, on Philadelphia and went into the back of the goal. So it's all you—you you know things are starting to go your way when you get a butt goal. All right, I'm telling you right now that for all the bad luck the LA Galaxy have had and all of the bad calls in the San Jose game where they got screwed and everything else that sort of came through, you look at the game against Philadelphia and you're like, okay, you got a little bit of luck with that with that Olympico goal that's, that probably wasn't going to go in, but you certainly had uh, Mavinga in the area that was putting a lot of pressure there and it's just so congested and maybe the Galaxy have found a way to score goals off of set pieces there because you had Raheem Edwards who put one in uh, not too long ago in a similar situation um, with a ball that was probably still going in the goal as well. So all of these things are starting to combine. We talk about if you work hard, you have you get good luck. Um, the Galaxy were sort of proving that to be not true up until a certain point, and now they're proving it to be true again. But let's, uh, again, Ricky Pouge, small, quick, 
Everybody thinks they have a game plan against him, and then he shows up and he just he, he's embarrassing people. Kevin, this is it's not it seems like not a fair fight. Philadelphia has a good midfield; they got torn apart. LAFC has a good midfield; they got torn apart by Ricky Pouch. Well, LAFC, he was possessed in that game. I mean, it, you know, it, it, the whole Chiellini thing. He, uh, I think Ricky, I don't know if he had a point to prove, but he he was he played angry in that game, and it might have been his best game of the season. And then he, he came back against Philadelphia. It was a very good game. I still think the LAFC game probably better. It was. I, I think it was probably better. But um, you look at him again, a goal and assist again. I mean, the guy the guy is racking him up. Um, and then there's the combination. And, and this is where it comes down. And this is where it's interesting. I, I didn't think Chicharito was providing a lot up top. So um, I didn't think he was providing anything in combinations. And it, and it just wasn't a good year for him. And he wasn't scoring. And so the injury, while it hurt, was not it hadn't limited impact on the team. Maybe mentally it had a bigger impact on the team, but limited impact in terms of the on the field results because he wasn't scoring goals. The Galaxy weren't scoring goals, so maybe that's unfair too. But you look at what um, they've been doing now, and it's these little games that are sort of putting in there. And the bottom line is that Ricky and Doug can go back and forth next to each other. Triangles. There's little squares that are opening. Brugman has had some unbelievable games. Vanny said afterwards that he's asked Mark Delgado to stay back a little bit more in defensive. And I have to imagine that's helped to help protect Mavinga and Leardam. But Leardam, who's not a center back, looks more and more like a center back every single day. I am not one of these people who thinks that there's really a big question about whether or not you start Jalen Neal at center back whenever he comes back from from international duty. But I think the question will be there and I think people will want to ask it. In my mind, Jalen Neal gets to move back into that spot because he just done nothing to lose it. Um, and although you have a streak and everything else that is sort of going on and who knows what happens after the Vancouver game. Um, but to me, it, it's it, that was his spot and it will be his spot unless there's some reason that it shouldn't be a spot. And as a young player playing this many games, this sort of physicality, he's never really gone through this before. Maybe he's getting tired. Maybe that's a chance to put Leardam back in there and sort of make it happen. But um, the Galaxy defense has played extremely well. Uh, Mavinga has played pretty well. Uh, Leardam has played outstanding for a guy who's never played center back. Raheem Edwards has now come back in and replaced Alde on the left hand side. Um, with everybody asking about Aude, my, my personal opinion, Kevin, is that this is a guy who's young, who's played a bunch of games, who's had to play in a new league. It's very physical. He's not used to all of that. And so he is, he was tiring out there. He looked tired, uh, whenever he would start and play games as of recent. So even to get him off the bench and be able to switch him with Edwards, that's a positive. And Raheem Edwards has done a very good job in defense. Um, so there's been a lot. It's really hard to find people who haven't been producing because those guys haven't been on the field for Greg Vanny. Well, I wonder about it's a small sample size, granted. Right. And it could go south really quick. But I wonder if this could possibly be a career changing uh, situation here with Kelvin Leardam. And, and you remember when Giassi's artist was a good forward. They put him at right back and then that didn't happen go anywhere at all but i'm i'm thinking because i'm sort of in a state of mind with the women's national team and the world cup coming up there are so many players on that team crystal dunn started her career as a forward plays midfield for her club she's one of the greatest right backs in the or outside backs in the world because she was forced to play there by necessity with the national team and she's become very good julie ernst has always played center back that or that was her whole career mm -hmm. she was forced to move to a holding midfielder with the national team now she's one of the best in the world at that. And I don't think Kelvin Leardom is going to become one of the best center backs in the world, but he may become one of the better center backs in MLS. This may be, uh, he wasn't going to really play that much at his normal nope. position. Nope. This could be a, a career changing thing for him if he continues to play like that. And it, it, you see guys do it for two or three or four games in a row in every sport. Uh, and then opponents adjust to him and figure out where his weaknesses are. And then it's up to that player to adjust to the adjustments. We'll see if Kelvin Leardam can do that. But right now he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. I, and people are asking, do you think Mavinga keeps his spot whenever Neil comes back? Maybe it's Neil and Leardam. Listen, Mavinga gives the LA Galaxy some of its only physicality back there because of his size. And he's also good on set pieces and he's able to get into spaces and cause problems. I don't think Vanny's going to give up that in terms of you. You'd wanted Caceres in that. Um, you can't have Caceres there. So you're going to probably need a physical sort of center back, and Mavinga is going to have to be that. So then you get to choose between Leardam and Jalen Neal. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's an issue, whichever way it goes. I think the LA Galaxy would like to have the depth back that they've wanted so much of. And right now they're playing back there by necessity. And Chris Mavinga came out and said, 
we knew as a back line, we were a bunch of guys who weren't going to get some time, right? You had Raheem Edwards in there at one point. You had Kelvin Leardam and you had Mavinga playing with Caligari, right? And so Mavinga, Leardam, Edwards at that time were all on the outside looking in and now they're coming in and playing. They're using that as motivation to keep going, to keep playing, to try not to lose that spot, to keep it in that spot. And I love that's the competition that you want within the team and everybody's so supportive of that as well. So I really, really like how that's sort of uh, playing out right now. I'm not sold on the Mavinga thing. I mean, it, the competition angle is good and the physicality is a good thing, but I'm not quite over that San Jose game yet. I think when, and, and I think Kelvin Leardam has had the better stretch of games. When Neil comes back, I would, I would pair him with Leardam. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to be wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> you're going you're, you're to take a non center back, a non CB, a guy who hasn't played center back except for the last like four or five games. You're going to make, I, you're going to be like, you're fine. He, has he played well? He has played well. Wait, wait till he, wait till he screws up and and then take him out. Was I wrong? Well. Was I wrong? Was I wrong about the galaxy in July? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just think that's interesting. the The real person I wanted to call out on the defense is is Caligari, and uh, I tweeted this, and I didn't realize it would be a controversial opinion. Uh, I said Caligari is making people forget that Julian Araujo was going to be impossible to replace, right? Whenever whenever Araujo left, it was like, you're not going to get somebody like Julian Araujo again. You're not going to get a guy who can run up and down the sides, who can provide the assist, and who plays very good defense. Caligari, while I think his going forward ability is slightly under what Julian Araujo was able to provide on the offensive side, just in terms of assists and everything else, and I also think he's gotten unlucky in, in some of those cases as well. Uh, Caligari's a more technical player. Uh, he's very, very high soccer IQ. He knows where to be. He puts in a tremendous shift every single game, back and forth, up and down, always in the right position for the most part on the defensive side of things. I mean, right now, probably in terms of like he wins the award for most underrated player on the LA Galaxy by far. I mean, no, people I think are over overlooking what Gaston Bergman has been doing, but Bergman's in the center of the field. People still pay attention to that, right? His defensive abilities, his ability to get forward, his combination, his ability to slow the game down. Bergman's great. Mark Delgado has sort of gone under the radar a little bit because he's been a little more defensive minded and protecting the back line. In my mind, though, still center of the field. I'm paying attention to Mark Delgado, everything that's happening. Caligari over on that right hand side just goes out and puts in a shift and you you know that shift you're going to get. It's going to be this. It's going to be at this level. And you know that the LA Galaxy can win with him at right back. Uh, possibly one of the best signings the LA Galaxy brought in in the offseason was, was Caligari. And I, I still believe that there's a lot of growing to do with Aude as well on the left side as well. So I think in terms of you know the players that they've been bringing in recently, Tyler Boyd hit, right? Chris Mavinga starting to show a little bit of reason why they wanted to bring him in, just trying to keep him healthy. I mean, quite honestly... You can't say that about Douglas Costa, even as good as as he's playing, as Costa is playing right now, Kevin. You would love to say, well, you know, they they were right. They did have a guy who was capable of doing it. It just took them too long. Even Greg sort of said, yeah, you know, the reason that we're in the position we're in right now is because we didn't get to play with him through this whole year. You know, uh, if we look at the designated player minutes, right, I was telling Kevin before we started, if you look, Douglas Costa now, 10 games played, six games started, 572 minutes. Chicharito, 687 minutes played, and he got injured at what was that? Which game was that? That was that was a little while ago. Um, it was against RSL, right? Um, the the RSL game, one of the RSL games. It was the U.S. Open Cup one, or I think it was the U.S. Open Cup one. But anyway, looking at all that stuff, Douglas Costa has not had an impact on this LA Galaxy team in the two years, really, in the year and a half he's, well, he's sort of been here. You know what you just said what? is that the Galaxy are unbeaten in the six games without Chicharito. They haven't lost since Chicharito went down. That is that is also true. That's but do do we think that's a coincidence? That feels more coincidence to me, and I feel like he would be scoring goals if he was up there right now playing with this LA Galaxy team. Well, I mean, but but it's really interesting. And the other thing with you, with uh, you know you mentioned about Costa, I think Doug Costa could become Douglas Costa in a heartbeat. I, I'm not sold. I don't know that this is permanent. Right, right. You can't he's trust mercurial. him. Yeah, yeah. He's mercurial. You just never know it. when he's on. He's one of the best players in the league. But he can in, in a heartbeat. He can become one of the worst. That happened in Dallas. I mean, that 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 red card was almost unforgivable. I mean, what is he thinking? Right. It's just not. And that could happen again in a moment's notice. Uh, by the way, super chat from uh, Tim, two dollar uh, super chat. He says, Lear Dam exclamation point. So he's he's big on on Lear Dam. Uh, funny. Another one from Jose. Jose gave us a five dollar super chat, says I found it interesting that it seemed that Lear Dam was the leader on the defense Saturday night. He seemed to be controlling the back line. I agree with you. 
Jose, I think Guys, he's... You want to put him on the bench? Yes, I will, because he's not a okay. center back. He, he, all right. It's okay. It's okay. You'll be okay. Everybody's going to be okay. When I'm right, once again, you guys will all be okay. All right? Jesse Zardes was not a right back. No, but we all knew that. I like Greg Vanny said he was going to play uh, Ryan Alvarez back there uh, at center back. I was waiting for it to happen. I was I was in. I was ready for it to go. So, um, but yeah. So, listen, you put all that together. The last goal, the, the sort of dagger in the rest of the night was that just unbelievable passing from Douglas Costa uh, over to Jovalich and Jovalich back to Ricky and just the little triangle. And then you're like, oh, Ricky's sort of, they've sort of stopped and the momentum's gone and Pooja's outside the the box and then the Ricky rocket comes firing through uh, into the upper corner again. And then he went all Saturday night fever with like the white jacket uh, for our press conference. And uh, it was funny because uh, it, they were sort of saying, and all the players sort of get this way. It's like, well, you guys like keep asking for us like the same people and over and over again. And so we were like, Hey, we're asking for Ricky again. And I'm like, I'm like, and just tell him that if he doesn't want to be called on anymore, tell him to stop scoring goals and stop being so good. Because right now it's like, we're idiots. If we don't ask for Ricky Pooja after that game, right? You're like, Ricky's coming and talking to us right now. And Gaston Brugman is coming and talking to us right now. And Tyler Boyd, he's coming and talking to us right now. Like these things just happen. And it happened to be the same guys from the last game too. Does Ricky Pooja get carded? Carded like oh, oh you mean like yeah? I was like yellow cards. No, he's been he's been behaving no. himself, Kevin. You mean at yeah at restaurants? Yes, because he looks like he's twelve. Yeah, absolutely. If he goes into Chuck E. Cheese, they ask him if he wants to go in the ball pit. Yep. By the way, Demonte in the chat room says uh, the difference with Doug, not Douglas. Doug is he's putting in a defensive shift as well. He is. He's tracking back. He's doing the things. I mean. Listen, the one goal that Philadelphia scored, Vanny was critical of and saying, we rested when we didn't have the ball. You can't rest when you don't have the ball. You can rest when you have the ball. And he goes, that's why I liked our second half, where we were able to control the game and rest with the ball, right? And again, smart gamesmanship. I think Vanny was sort of harsh on Jovalich. Jovalich went and played a wonderful game, killing time, killing clock, doing all the things that he was supposed to do, coming in as a sub. Jovalich is very close to working himself possibly back into you know a position where he can go and, uh, and, and be be a starter again uh, if he starts scoring some goals. Right now, I'd stick with Judd in Vancouver. Uh, Jovalich coming off the bench because I think he's best. But, you know, a 65-minute sub for for Judd, for Jovalich, I, I can live with that all day long. 35 minutes of day on Jovalich, or it, it sounds like sounds like it's it's wonderful. You know, 25, 30 minutes, that's where you want him. So. Well, you talk about Doug, Doug Costa tracking back and playing defense. Remember, he's playing in front of Caligari for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so for Caligari to be as effective as he's talked about that he's been, he has to have a relationship with Douglas. Doug well, he's Costa been playing. playing, he's, playing he switches sides. He's he was uh, he was over in front of Edwards for a big portion. They had a nice little triangle with Ricky coming over and sort of playing there. Costa gets the free role now. So, but you're right. I think he has a good understanding and a good understanding of where everybody's supposed to be. Um, but I, I wonder if there's something in the relationship of those two. They're both Brazilian. Uh, they both came up playing the same style of soccer. They they both have some similar experiences. They have probably an affinity off the field as well. I mean, I'm not saying Doug Costa or Caligari can't play with other players, but they do seem to have a, a, a they do seem to have a chemistry that wasn't there before. Yeah, very well could be. Um, we have uh, Mike and Mike says, I love you guys and the show. Any chance we get Isco or I'm dreaming, probably dreaming $5 super chat. Appreciate that. Uh, the Pizarro, uh, the Pizarro rumor seems to have maybe slightly taking a turn. We talked Bizarro. It's Bizarro. Now. It, it is. It seems it's just, just taking a turn a little bit. And again, not confirmed or unconfirmed, but I had mentioned that the LA galaxy were weighing options, right? Short-term rental versus long-term. And I didn't think that that was going to be just something that happened overnight and that they were absolutely going to do it, which means tomorrow they're definitely going to announce them. Well, whenever it, I said. Explain that though. The well, short -term so the short term. So, so Pizarro is that Miami's paying all of his, his salary that he would come over. He would take up at the DP slot that was vacated by Chicharito. Uh, the galaxy would have to own that DP slot. So that way Miami could get a DP slot back basically, but they'd still be paying all of his. So, so he's free, but you get Pizarro, who I think was a $14 million transfer whenever he came in um, and is just absolutely has been atrocious and, and hasn't been happy at Miami and wasn't happy, I think, at the team before that as well. So he was off playing on loan and play. He just hasn't played well. Um, so however you want to look at that, you could get Pizarro, who has the ability to um, has the ability to be a, a game changing type of player. And maybe with Douglas Costa and Ricky Pooge and Gaston Bergman, maybe they, they can find him and really help him. But he's also 
like an attacking midfielder and they have attacking midfielders. So they're looking for a striker. So it's almost out of position in terms of what you're trying to do. So that's short term rental, though. His contract is up at the end of the year. And so you you're not tied to him. You can go out and get another another but, dozen. But you lock yourself in. You can't do anything else for the rest of this calendar year. Well, I mean, you you can. There's still Vanny talked about bringing in three to four guys. I think they can bring in three to four guys. It's just that at the DP slot, you would be tied. Right. That would be it. And so, and so that's the short term rental. Right. It, you might be able to get a DP you want to sign for three or four years because you really like them, but you can't do that until January. Well, you, you could do it you out. Have this. No, not true. Okay, so you can get free agents outside of the window. So as soon as the window closes, the LA Galaxy could sign an no, international but, free agent. But the DP, I'm talking about the DP you, spot. You, you bring you, yes, Pizarro. Right. You bring Pizarro, Pizarro in. Mm-hmm. You don't have a DP Correct. spot. So that's all it. of a sudden. Cristiano Ronaldo says, I really want to be in L.A. I want to be there September 1st. Can't do it. Why? Because your DP spot is locked up with a player that you're not paying for. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You're, that's, you're why, that's the short. That's the short term. That's the short term. Yeah. Thing. But th- there's another thing to this, too, is Inter-Miami has announced so many of the players they think they're signing or that are coming or that they want. They need international roster spots for those guys. They need at least one DP spot. We know that. Um, so Inter-Miami has tipped its hand. And when they go to the Galaxy and say, Hey, would you like Pizarro for free? We'll pay for him. You just need the DP spot. The Galaxy could say sure, or the Galaxy could say, you know what? We're not really sure. Um, sweeten the deal a little bit. Give us, give us somebody else. Yep. Give us a couple of guys. Yep. Give us a lot more money. Yep. Um, you know, inter- and anyone in the league that Inter Miami talks to, everybody knows that this that either they got to release somebody or they need to trade somebody to open that spot up. Right. Anyone that they talk to at this point in in MLS, I'm not talking about outside the league in MLS. Anyone that they talk to at this point is going to ask for a lot more than they would have asked for maybe a month ago. Yeah, very well could. Uh, by the way, $2 Super Chat from Jose, and he says, Push seems very uncomfortable with the pressers. Um, it, I think it has to do with the translation. First of all, I'll say this nicely, and I've said it before. He pe- he speaks very good English. Like You could have a straight-up conversation with him, but he doesn't want to make any mistakes in English, so he makes everything be in Spanish. So you ask him a question in English, he nods, and then he starts speaking immediately in Spanish, and then he knows that's going to get translated and read to us. And he knows, like, especially the moron that I am doesn't understand Spanish. You know, I understand like four words every, you know, 10 words. So I understand 40% of what he's trying to say. Uh, and then they, he knows. So there's no connection there. It's not like we can have a conversation. It's not like when Greg and I ask questions and we stare at each other while we're talking. So that way we can see each other's lips move. And there's like a connection there. Ricky doesn't have that because he knows the translation is coming. He knows, you know, it's sort of coming out. It's very broken and segmented when that happens. That's my opinion of it. Well, I had a sit down with with Ricky at the end of last season, and I, I do speak Spanish. I understand Spanish. I'm not comfortable speaking it necessarily with a fluent speaker like him. So we had an agreement during the interview. I would ask him the questions in English, and then he would respond in Spanish. Right. He understood. I understood all of his responses perfectly. He understood my questions. He would start to answer sometimes before I had finished the question. That's how good his English is. But in that situation, one on one, just us together, no cameras, not a room full of people. He was he was great. Right. I mean, yeah. I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. I, and and that, he was he was very comfortable, too. That's what I've heard. I've heard he's great. And, and I'm sure he's in, and he always seems like he's really nice, nice guy. So uh, I'm actually a pretty big you know fan of just his overall personality. He's very accommodating to our questions and all that fun stuff. So um, very, very interesting there. So, I mean, that's. That's where we're sort of sit. So again, the Pizarro thing, if that goes through, doesn't go through short term. Granny Vanny says, you know, three to four players bringing in. You would assume that's two to three from inside of the league and then maybe one, possibly two from outside the league um, whenever you do it. But I'm telling you right now, just with the way Will Kuntz has been, I don't believe that they're going to waste a spot on Pizarro unless they're like, this is the best. This is the best for what we need right now. And Pizarro doesn't check a lot of boxes, so I would find it at this point. I would, I think it's a stretch. I think it's a big stretch. So just in case you're you're wondering about Pizarro and sort of where that was, um, but I was talking to Kevin. And I'm like, you know, if you're the Galaxy, maybe you have Miami over the barrel a little bit. You can say, yeah, sweeten the deal. We want Joseph Martinez too on the Tam contract, and you guys are going to pay for some of that as well. And then we'll we'll go ahead and put him in there. I mean, you could get you could do stuff where you're like, who else is young and on that roster that's good? Let's oh he's coming too. Like that type of thing. And maybe that short term rental for Bizarro gives you two or three long term options that sort of help you down the road for, for pieces that you need. So keep that in mind as uh, as you as you go through this. Uh let's go quickly because I want to get Kevin out of here in the next couple minutes. <laughs> uh, he said he wanted to go to dinner, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. Uh Ricky Pouge makes team of the week for the second straight. Uh, uh, match day, I should say it's match match of the week or, or team of the match day. 
It's so stupid. Um, anyway, uh, he was also named player of the match against there. Um, some normal normal stats and, and, and all the stuff that he's been done. But he, people are paying attention again, uh, once again, to, to you, Ricky You Bush. know what else is very, very unique about Ricky Pooch? What? He's one of the few players that tucks his shirt in. He is. He's like that. He just He's, he's a Disney Channel uh, kid. I don't know what to tell you. Um, those usually go sideways whenever they get into their like mid twenties, by the way, like mid twenties, late twenties, it, it goes way over the deep head. But for right now, Disney channel, Ricky Bush. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, LA galaxy with 22 points after 21 games. Uh, that was the same as it was in 2020, a very disastrous year in 2023, where they won the, uh, or excuse me, in 2017, when they won the wooden spoon, um, they had 23 points, one more point. Uh, the LA Galaxy currently with 22 points, only better than 2007, who had 20, who had 17 points at this, but very much in the poor season range right now, where 24 and 24 points in 2008, you go 23 points in 2017, you know, um, 22 points in 2020. Uh, last year at this time, they had 30 points, so eight points better. That gap is going to close, Kevin, if the Galaxy keep winning, because if you'll remember, the Galaxy had some some pretty poor runs through July, um, and it didn't really happen until, I think, August, because Ricky came in late in, the, late in the transfer window, and Gaston Brugman came in late and just getting those guys sort of in and solid and going. Uh, there's a little gap there, so I wouldn't be surprised if 2023 can suddenly get eight, get you know four or five points closer to, uh, to 2022 before the end of August um, and all this stuff. So the Galaxy, uh, you know, a little better. Let's put it that way. Eight points on the road, 14 points now at home. We talked about home having to be more important. Home does have to be more important. Now averaging 1.40 points per game at home, 14 points. Um, they had 28 points at home last season. So they need another 14 points if they're going to match last year's 28 points they had at home. And the year before that, Greg Vanny's first year, uh, they had 29 points at home in that season. So again, you know, you should do that other graph right there in green. I, I look like I'm looking at a Seattle Sounders graphic. You should do yellow and blue. It's a, the colors. Almost all of this stuff is yellow and blue. So I change it up a little okay. so it's not so, you know. Uh, this is just the second time, the 3-1 victory, only the second time all season the LA Galaxy have scored three goals in a game. Uh, the last time they did it was that 3-2 victory over Real Salt Lake, right? That was on the road. Um, so Galaxy 5-9-7 and seven right now, 22 points. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the LA Galaxy have now scored first in their last three games. Overall, it's only six games through the entire season and 11 games uh, on the other side of it where six games they've allowed, they've scored the first goal and 11 games they've allowed the first goal. Galaxy are 4-1-1 when they score first, 0-8-3 uh, whenever they whenever they allow the first goal. So a very important stat. It's a stupid stat for it to be important, but it is important uh, nonetheless. July schedule still. Vancouver last one on MLS regular season. And then, Kevin, it's LA Galaxy versus Leon and LA Galaxy versus Vancouver, both at Dignity Health Sports Park, uh, coming up for Leagues Cup. Uh, there'll be a, a little break in there as Leagues Cup plays itself out. And then eventually in August, on the end of August, the LA Galaxy will host Real Salt Lake, who's on fire right now. In fact, they're listed as the hottest team in the last seven, in the last seven games. Uh, the LA Galaxy will host the Chicago Fire, uh, and then they'll go away to San Jose again. Um, this time actually getting to play well, in their small well, PayPal park. Yes. Why are San, both San Jose games on the road? Uh, I think there's three of them this year. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like LAFC. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. Did I, it's, yeah, it is PayPal park. I yeah. was just there, but I, I still like the old name better. I always get uh, confused when people say PayPal park. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then September is is nuts. Just straight up craziness in all forms. Uh, LA Galaxy hosts Houston. LA Galaxy hosts St. Louis. LA Galaxy away at LAFC in the final El Trafico over the regular season, at least. Uh, LA Galaxy uh, hosting Minnesota. LA Galaxy away to Austin. Austin, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And LA Galaxy hosting Portland. Definitely seems like there's some chances here, Kevin, that the LA Galaxy can get some wins. If, if again, a good team, all of a sudden the schedule looks a little softer with a good team, right? So... Um, but they finish it out the last three games away to Seattle, brutal away to Minnesota, brutal, uh, and then home to home to Dallas on fan appreciation day. What are the chances that game is a win? Um, well, go, go back to um, the August, September. Uh, let's uh, schedule. See. Okay, so there is July. Here is August, right? So okay, three so, games. So, they, right, the two, two at home and then one on the road. Then they have they start September with two more home games. So, four or five at home. That to me seems like a place where they need to make a little bit of a run. Tough teams though, St. Louis, Houston. Um, that that's going to be a little bit of a difficult schedule. But given the fact that they have one of the worst road records, one five and five, and they're not too bad at home, they're going to have to, you know, they're definitely going to have to come out of that 
four home games with a lot of points. Yeah, if we're looking at goal projections right now for the LA Galaxy, getting a little better on the defensive side. 53.4 goals allowed overall um, is the projected, right? And it was up in like the 60s at one point. Now it's sort of come back down. Defense doing a better job. Galaxy starting to score some goals, 37.2, right? But we can also look at goals scored last year um, and just, uh, you know, the, the 58 goals that they scored last year, and right now they're going to get 37 is where it's at. So an extreme, extreme amount of goals in terms of the, uh, the projection on the offense, the offense has been, what's been killing them. You talked about the goal differential minus 10 right now, since 2017, the LA galaxy minus 22 plus two minus one minus 19 minus four plus seven minus 10. Not, not, not great, Bob, as they say, not great. Um, I wanted to get to this chart, and then we will uh, we will send everybody on their way. The hottest teams. Uh, this this chart was uh, was up on Twitter. I grabbed it real quick. Uh, based on the last seven games, where most recent results carry more weight, max score is ten. So you're, the most you can get is ten. All right, out of the last seven games, the whole deal. This is how they're sort of scoring these, and again, they weight them with the more recent score, recent games being worth more. So Real Real Salt Lake with eight point two five, Columbus Crew with six point six zero, Austin with six point five five, and the LA Galaxy at six point five four. Your worst teams on the flip side were Toronto at 0.65, Inter-Miami at 1.83, Portland at 2.61, Dallas at 2.62, Charlotte at 2.69, and LAFC at 2.93, just to show you what the last seven games have done for some of those teams. Um, you know, Inter-Miami should go out and sign some big players. <laughs> somebody said they're literally, Messi's literally coming to the worst team in Major League Soccer, and they still have a chance at the playoffs. You know, it's like one of those, like they're going to have a chance at it. We'll see whether or not they can pull themselves out, but maybe they can. Uh, you never know. Uh, finally, uh, some standings. We talked about Eastern Conference, Cincinnati, Nashville, New England. Here are your, let's say this, here are your playoff teams in the Eastern Conference right now. Cincinnati, Nashville, New England, Columbus, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Orlando, D.C., and Montreal. Head on over the West Coast. Uh, the Western Conference, St. Louis, Seattle, LAFC, Salt Lake, Austin, Dallas, San Jose, Houston, and Vancouver. LA Galaxy now second from the bottom, three, uh, excuse me, five points clear of the very bottom where Colorado is at and currently tied with Portland, just two points away from Minnesota, three points away from Kansas City, and then three points away from Vancouver in that last playoff spot. You know what you said about Inter-Miami is really interesting. The worst team in the league by far. They're there because they need, they deserve to be there. It's a deeply flawed team. And, and I think the perception probably around the soccer world is Messi and friends as they come in. Right. They're just going to turn that around, take the team to the playoffs. More difficult um, than they're very, way well, more difficult, but yes. Absolutely. But, but that's kind of my point is that's what everyone expects. And if they come in and they don't do that, if Messi's first trophy in MLS is a wooden spoon, right? I, I just think that is such a huge deal for the league. Now, if Messi does come in and gets them into the playoffs and they, and they maybe win a few games in the playoffs, that also speaks very poorly of, of MLS. Like a player like Messi at 35 can come in and change everything. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think they missed the playoffs even with Messi, and I think that's a really good thing for MLS to say, look, bring your best. It's not going to change. Right. You know, uh, yeah. You well, can't just come in and dominate the league anymore. Yeah, Messi. Yes, you got Messi. That's great. And if, if, if he really is a one-man show, which we've seen throughout his career, he's certainly capable of piling on the individual accolades with everything he does but he's always had really good players to play off of as well. There's going to be less of that in Major League Soccer. He's going to have to work very, very hard. Remember what Ted Lasso said to Jamie Tart? What? You may be one in a million, but when you're on the field, you're just one of 11. There you go. See, Ted Lasso. Always, I'm almost there. We have one more. I have one more to watch, and then I'm done. I am, so tomorrow is the final Ted Lasso for me. You want me to tell you about it? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> want you to do it. All right. Uh, that's, uh, that's where we stand. Let's get you uh, sort of just pointed in this right direction. We'll have a show on Thursday to get you ready for the Vancouver game. Uh, LA Galaxy heading up to Vancouver. Uh, 7.30 p.m. is your kickoff time on Saturday. 7.39 p.m. is, excuse me, 7.39 is your kickoff. 7.30 is your, uh, is your uh, TV start time. BC Place, Apple TV, it's free. Again, no complaining. All right, the LA Galaxy headed up there trying to get a three-game winning streak, an eight-game unbeaten streak, and keep everything rocking and rolling. We got we got one more Super Chat uh, in its stoppage time, as usually is the case. Executive producer Herb, uh, in a $19 Super Chat. Uh, Herb, we wow. certainly appreciate you. Hey, Josh, late to the show. Hope the baby is doing well. Uh, he is crazy. And if anybody wants to watch him, let me know. Uh, hey, Kevin, I uh, got my surfer Ricky bobblehead. Is the team this good without Costa? You know, just, uh, he's, you have to have Costa, right? You have to have Costa. Costa is one of the reasons they're this good. Doug. Doug the man. Doug. 
All right. Not uh, Douglas. We should, can we get shirts that just say Doug on them? Can we? Is that is that the next COG shirt? Is just Doug? You know what I love about Herb's uh, super chats? It's always a bizarre amount. It doesn't make any sense it's, to me. It's, I like that. It's because uh, it's because there's fees involved. That's why. So oh, he gave okay. twenty dollars, but really it was eighteen dollars and ninety nine cents when all is said and done. So that's that's how they get you. That's every time. It's always the fees. Uh, same thing. Uh, all right, and then Phil. Uh, Phil gave us a, a two dollar super chat. Messi is a poor man's Ricky Pooch. There you go. See. It's a, yeah. Wow. Wow. Both Barcelona guys, too. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe Ricky's fired up now. He's like, that messy. He, I, you know, I played with him. He's not that great. You know, this whole deal. So who knows? We'll see how it goes. All right. LA Galaxy getting ready to head off to Vancouver this weekend. Uh, trying to keep that unbeaten streak alive. Trying to keep a win streak alive. Uh, should be a fun one to watch. And the last one before League's Cup will kick off. So a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, anything else, Mr. Kevin? That's it. All right. If you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Then head over to latimes.com, where you'll probably find a soccer article as long as the sports section is still there for at least a little bit longer. So latimes.com, Kevin Baxter will be there. I'm sure he'll have a good story about the Homeless World Cup. And then off to down under adjacent uh, New Zealand and Auckland and all that fun stuff for the Women's World Cup. So you definitely want to watch and follow him on Twitter or wherever else. Are you on threads? Just shake your head. Are you on threads? No threads? No, not yet. So Kevin Baxter not on threads, just like Larry Morgan not on threads. So very good. We'll we'll figure that one out. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman. Uh, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on threads as well. And then, of course, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find me. All right, that's it. Hope everybody has a wonderful Monday. Good luck with the rest of the week. We'll catch you on Thursday night when we'll be getting you ready for the Vancouver game. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.